Welcome to Authentic Energy, a podcast dedicated to getting to the bottom of what it means to be your true, authentic self at work. I am your host, Wendy Brand, a former corporate executive turned transformation coach. Let's take this learning journey together as I meet with guests weekly to learn how they've managed or not managed to find the elusive boundaries and success in their career and what it really means to find balance. Welcome back. Here we are, the final episode of our Seed series. Whitney and I have had so much fun recording these episodes, and we really hope that you've either learned something new or that there's been a takeaway for you that is going to benefit you in your day-to-day. Today's episode is a recap of the Seed series. We talk briefly about some of the learnings we shared along the way, but then we talk about what to do with those learnings. And Whitney and I decided that it might be helpful to share information about what a coach is, what it isn't, what to expect, and what it could cost. Because while you can take some of these learnings and do it on your own, and that is absolutely um, encouraged, if you want someone to partner with you, we just thought it might be helpful to share information about how a coach might be a good partner. And while some organizations have internal coaches, not every organization does. And as an individual, you may want to hire a coach for yourself. I know that in the last two major corporate organizations where I worked, we did not have access to a coach until we reached a vice president level. But as a director and then a senior director, there were many occasions when I wish I would have known about the option of hiring a personal coach. Whitney and I have had so much fun recording these episodes. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey. Stay tuned and listen to the outro. We may be launching another series. I hope you enjoy our recap. All right. Wow. Well, this is the last episode of our seed series, Whitney. I know. It's crazy. It went by so fast. It flew by really flew by and i'm i'm excited that we d- made the decision to do a recap because it has been a lot you know we've really covered a lot of ground dropped a lot of seeds <laughs> and delivered quite a bit of homework opportunities so i'm excited to just kind of recap for everyone and put a bow on this i love it let's uh trip down memory lane here yeah the real key to all of this is the progression of how we get to our behaviors. And we started with values and just how important it is to understand what your values are and make sure that what you're doing is aligned to those values. So it really connects back to that. Right. And then carries on with your beliefs. So following your values, you get to understand how those weave into your underlying belief system, which then informs the next step, your thoughts. So what you believe really drives those, I don't remember how many thoughts per day that we have. It was like 60,000 or something crazy. It was like 35 to 48 a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Insane. And so those thoughts that we're thinking all day long, those really drive yeah, our feelings and and how we emotionally respond to any circumstance that we are in, which releases all those fabulous chemicals and prepares us for the last step, 
which are behaviors, really what the world sees, how we act. It's crazy to think that there is an opportunity, you know, at least for me, understanding these steps helps you to have that awareness that if you want to change how you're behaving, you you have an, an opportunity to do that. Yeah, it's the greatest freedom you can have. It's choice. So you are not obligated to respond in any way, in any circumstance. You always have the opportunity to choose. So we we know these things. And what what's what's next? Yeah, it's a, a really great question. So I have all these tools and now I have all this awareness. <laughs> Aware- I think last time we called them awareness chunks. They're just flying at us. <laughs> so what exactly do we do with it? You know, there's probably three different things we could do. The first one is live in that new awareness and kind of get used to it. So don't necessarily do anything new, but just continue to observe and and build that awareness within you. So you don't have to take action. You just that the the simple act of being aware can be enough. Yes. If that if that gets you to the goal that you want to achieve, then that can be enough. If it's not enough and you want to take it to the next level, you can really start to deepen your experience. Yeah, I think it's worthwhile picking up some of the books that we talked about and and really trying to hone in on where you feel the biggest amount of friction. So, you know, what is the area that keeps coming up for you? So, if something happens at work or at home that triggers you in a way that causes you to launch into a negative emotional state and you keep trying to unpack that why, you know, focusing there a little bit to deepen that practice and to get a little bit more understanding around that particular scenario is a way to deepen that practice. And then if you really want to take it to the next level, you can use some of the tools that we have shared throughout the series to really create a path or or chart a course for the direction that you want to go. And I love what you're saying here is using those tools to chart a path, which is actually a pivot from deepening the practice to really not just solving the in-the-moment problem that you're having, but pivoting toward that future state self and how you would incorporate these tools to to get you to a new a new state. And we shared a lot of great tools when we did the values exercise, we have a values assessment, right? That you can go in, assess your values and really pick your top three or five that you want to anchor to. My favorite is the play date with yourself, which is really getting curious about what it is that brings you joy and figuring out how to get more of that incorporated into your life. And we know that journaling can be used in a multitude of areas, um, <laughs> but we t- we touched on it with with emotions. And so, if in this path you want to feel more joy or more compassion or empathy, just journaling anytime you feel that or when you feel the lack of that can continue to bring that awareness for you. Yeah, I laugh because this is definitely one of my go to recommendations, and I'm terrible at it. Journaling, it is an accountability method that is very effective. And all like weight loss apps know this, right? They make you log your food. There's a reason for that. When you stare at a list of things that you put into your body or ways that you reacted, like there is an accountability to own that, hey, I did that 56 times today. (laughs) So you start to understand the frequency and you start to gain that external perspective. So it is really powerful. It does take discipline. And if you don't feel disciplined enough to do that for a week, do it for an hour, do it for a day or whatever, whatever it takes to give you the perspective you need. 
Yeah, agreed. So what if you've got these tools, you want to chart a path, but you really don't know where to start. I mean, some people are self-starters and want to just hit the ground running by themselves. And other people want to partner with someone to do this. And that's where coaching comes in. Yeah, I think it's important since both of us are coaches to talk about the value of coaching here. And I think, you know, as a coach, I have coaches and you have coaches. We yes. uh, we, we surround ourselves with people who help us gain greater perspective uh, so that we can serve people and help them gain greater perspective. You know, so maybe we should start with like what coaching is and isn't, because I think that coaching means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Yeah, I agree. You know, there are roles that are similar to coaching that we come across all the time, mentors, therapists. And so I think you're right, really understanding the difference and and what the value is that a coach can bring versus the others, which are all which are also impactful, right? Just in different situations. Yeah, I think maybe we talk about it in a couple different ways. The orientation that they that they engage in. So um, you mentioned therapists and, uh, and I think another one we talk about often is consultants. Uh, those two are focused mm. on problems and looking back. So I'm, I'm in trouble or, and I don't understand why, what do I do about that versus coaching and mentoring, which both look forward. They're trying to figure out solutions for the future and, and how to, how to get somewhere new run to not away from. And consultants are typically and even mentors really are kind of sharing their expertise mm-hmm. and guiding and telling. Whereas as coaches and probably therapists the same way, we're really asking questions to help guide you because we know that really the answers lie within. Right. And so it's the difference between asking and telling. The other thing is probably objectivity versus subjectivity. Mm-hmm. Like with that telling and and asking, the the folks who share their expertise uh, have a bias because of that expertise. And so they come from a subjective point of view versus the therapist and the coach who orient objectively, again, because they believe that the answers are coming from within you. And so there's no judgment in where that comes from. It's it's right for you. So if you're going to use some of the tools and create a path and you want someone to partner with you, why, why does coaching work? I think one of the first things you'd have to answer is what's, what do you want the outcome to be? And I think, you know, if we kind of go through those last couple of filters that we were just talking about, like a mentor, they're, they're coming, their outcome will be a recommendation for you. An advisor or consultant, they're going to come back with a plan for you, something a little bit more structured. A therapist, the outcome will be healing. A friend, which we didn't talk a whole lot about, but you know, they're subjective and they're there to support you. And so really the outcome is their support. A coach, their objective is to move you forward and their focus is on action and awareness. And so if what you're trying to do is move yourself forward, um, you want an objective partner to do that and you want to focus on accountability and action, that is probably the best partner. Some of the top reasons that that people engage coaches are that it optimizes performance, it improves communications, increases productivity, it can really expand your career. It increases your competence and can improve your work-life balance overall. Those are really important things to improve. I think for me, I could chart my own path and I could create a plan, but really someone that 
could challenge me and challenge my perspective and really push me to take risks in order to achieve my goals. Mm. That's one thing that I've found valuable with, with having a coach because we talked about having blockers and challenges that you put in front of yourself. And I think coaches can really help you to tackle those challenges. Their, their observational approach helps to connect the dots where it happens repeatedly. And I know for myself, oftentimes my response in different situations seems different because I'm thinking about it situationally versus a reaction that I'm having to pressure for an immediate deadline or doing a, a presentation or potentially moving on to a different job. So like those those reactions could all be similar, but I'm not sure what the thread is in there. And it could be a stress reaction or it could be a joy reaction, but having somebody who can say, hey, so I'm noticing that this is happening in these places um, helps me to become more aware of it. Yeah, helps you see the patterns. I think one of the areas that I hear most frequently, and and I work with a lot of folks who work in office settings and some corporate and other you know public service jobs. And I, I think it's a, a lot of times it's about balance and boundaries, which you aren't really sure is, you know, when you come into coaching, don't realize that's what's happening. You just find that you're frustrated with a coworker who's who con- who doesn't respect your time, or you have a a boss that you can't communicate with, or you have you know different things happening where you have this friction point and you're unclear why that friction point exists. I do think that we see a lot of focusing on the thing that matters most and enabling that balance figuring out how to be heard in the way that you want to be heard so that you can achieve the goals that you're trying to get to. So that sounds amazing. Let's talk about cost for a minute. I think there are a variety of ways to package coaching and price coaching. Typically, you'll probably want to commit to anywhere from six to 12 months. And sessions can vary from 30 minutes to 120 minutes. I've seen a lot um, and and what I typically offer are 45 minute to an hour sessions. But again, that depends on are they, if it's happening monthly, you want more time. If it's happening um, every other week, you need less time. And so it's going to depend on the frequency, the time period. Are they using assessments to help drive some of the conversation and get a baseline? But in general, you're looking at probably a coach that's going to help you kind of at your mid career point, you could be looking at $3,600 for a six month. That makes sense. I think we referenced a Harvard Business Review article a little while back and a session cost can range from $200 to $3,500 a session, which, you know, on the high end, what you're paying for is somebody who has all that experience. And so they would be very specialized. If you need a coach who specifically deals with the entertainment industry and is going to, you know, work with a a movie star to make sure they get their best performance, you know, there. That's a very specialized role. And to have that type of experience and, and value for that industry, they charge more. So so as they get more specialized and more senior in their chosen path, it gets more expensive, which makes a ton of sense. So that mid-career runs in the, you know, three to $600 a session kind of range. It's really like thinking about investing in yourself, right? One thing that I, in working with a leader recently, kind of analogy that I shared was really that airplane analogy of 
you know, putting the mask on first before you help the child next to you. You know, as a leader, we need to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves so that we can coach and and help others along the way. So one of the statistics from the International Coaching Federation from a global coaching study that was done is that 68% of individuals who hired coaches were able to make back their investments. It's pretty significant. And and if you think about it like this, like just as a human, you have so many tools in your toolkit. And what you're actually paying for isn't like a diet plan or a gym membership or something. I mean, running is running, I think. But adding toolkits around awareness and processes for how you deal with your thoughts through behaviors changes your life. So how much would you invest to change your life and the way that you interact with life? And and so for a short period of time, that investment makes a ton of sense because it's not just how much do you make back immediately? It's what trajectory have you just moved yourself to? So what are you now able to possibly go get where you couldn't do it before? Yeah, that's impactful. Going back to the International Coaching Federation, they've got some statistics on why this works. And the the first reason is it's personalized. So mm. coaching is as unique as each individual. And so it's customized for you. You set the agenda as the client. There are some coaches who have formulaic ways that you can move through a system, but even those are tailored for you and and what it is you're trying to accomplish. And the second thing is it's a great experience because it's customized and it's focused on you and it's a set period of time. 99% of individuals and companies who hire a coach are satisfied or very satisfied and 96% say they would repeat the process. So that's a huge for anybody who is corporate and tracks like net promoter score or anything like that. That's incredibly high. And the two, so the two things that come out of it then are increased positivity. You feel better and increased productivity, which is a result of feeling better. And so ICF or the International Coaching Federation tells us that after coaching, you have an 80% improved self-confidence, a 73% improvement with relationships, a 72% improvement with your communication skills, 67% improvement in your work-life balance. That's massive. And then that in turn affects your productivity. And so you then get 70% increased work performance, 61% improved business management, 57% improved improvements with team management if you're a leader. And then a 51% team effectiveness because you're building culture. It makes sense that some companies invest in coaching because of the positivity and the productivity. And I some organizations even give those development dollars to employees for coaching or additional training. And and I can see why, right? It, it can improve the bottom line for an organization. But if your company doesn't pay for this, I still see the benefit in the investment in self from the positivity and the productivity. Because the productivity can it will get you it can get you that promotion or pay increase. Yeah, I mean and really it comes down to do you want that freedom of choice in your life? Do you want yeah. to have the control over 
your thoughts and emotions and and ultimately then your behaviors which create the consequences uh which could be a promotion or the other things you're you're talking about right. so it's really that freedom of choice what about types of coaching i mean do you go to a life coach do you go to health coach you know do you ha- how do you know which type of coach to pick yeah that's such a great question there are a lot of different types of coaches leadership coaches, executive coaches, organizational coaches, transformational coaches, life coaches, like you name it. And there is a coach for it. I promise you. And and actually 30% of the industry is made up of specialized coaches, which would be like athletic coaches or I don't know, cooking coaches, like anything. So I think that what is true about coaching is it's very difficult to coach even in a niche without tackling life. And so you're going to address your own personal boundary issue because because those thoughts, emotions, and behaviors are systemic throughout wherever you are engaged. And so no matter what you do, you're going to have life coaching. If you want that to be honed even further and you want more expertise or potentially advice or mentorship in addition to the coaching, then picking someone who's in your lane, either where you are in your career or your family or whatever whatever the area is that you're looking for, it would make sense to lean into somebody who advertises a little bit of that. I think it's also important to go meet that coach and shop because the most important thing that you need to develop between a coach and yourself is trust. It is an accountability partner. And so if you don't have a good relationship or have a good feeling for working with this person, it's not going to benefit you. And so engage that person. And if they have the tools that you want, then that is who you pick. That's great advice. And I I know we both do this, you know, have kind of an initial session so that potential clients get a feel for you. And those sessions are free, you know, so or they should be. So interview some coaches and find one that feels like a good fit for you. Yeah. I also think recommendations are are really helpful. If you know somebody who's done coaching, then they can kind of vouch for the process that that's also really helpful. Yes. Now we are both coaches. And so I do think, Whitney, that we should make sure that everybody knows where to find us. So tell us how someone could find you if they wanted to, to talk to you about being their coach. I would love that. I am... Uh, I have a company called Inner Sage Coaching, and I'm at innersagecoaching.com. So that's all one word. Or you can email me at Whitney at innersagecoaching.com. Perfect. And I am wmbcoaching.com and Wendy at wmbcoaching.com. So this has been so much fun. I mean, it's been so much fun that I'm kind of wondering... Should we do another series? Um, I I've had way more fun at this than I think I should be allowed to. So it's <laughs> it is it is super fun, and I would love to do a second series. We should we should invest in that. I think it's a great idea. This has been a lot of fun. I feel like being able to share insights that we've learned along our journey in coaching. Hopefully, it's been helpful to the audience, and I think we have more to share. So we'll plan it. We'll let you guys know what we decide back for season two. Yes. We'll be back for season two. Awesome. Okay. So no homework, no homework Uh, (laughs) other than, which is such a bummer. Maybe there is homework. Stay tuned. (laughs) The homework is stay tuned. All right, Whitney. Thanks so much. This, This has been great. Likewise, Wendy.
Well, that's a wrap for the Seed Series. Here are my takeaways. Number one, you're not obligated to respond in any particular way to a circumstance. You have a choice, creating awareness around your values, beliefs, thoughts, emotions, and behaviors can help you to understand your choices. Number two, what do you want to do with what you've learned in the series? Here are some options. A, live in the new awareness, and if that gets you to the goal you want, you don't have to do anything else. B, deepen the experience. Pick up some of the books that we recommended or really apply the homework that we've shared along the way. C, chart a course. Not just solving the issue at hand, but making a plan for how you want to be and how you are going to get to your future state. Try the values assessment, plan a play date with yourself, journal, or go back and listen to one of the episodes in the series. Number three, the value of coaching is that you can gain greater perspective. Number four, therapists and consultants focus on problems and looking in the past, while coaching and mentoring look to the future. Consultants and mentors tell or give advice, and therapists and coaches ask or pull out a solution from the client. Number five, coaching provides increased productivity, improved self-confidence, communication skills, work-life balance, and increased productivity through work performance, business management, team management, team effectiveness, and culture. Number six, based on a Harvard Business Review article, coaching can cost anywhere from $200 to $3,500 a session, depending on the level of experience and specialty. Find Whitney at innersagecoaching.com or Whitney at innersagecoaching.com. And you can find my website at wmbcoaching.com or Wendy at wmbcoaching. And stay tuned for our next series called Grow. So you've planted the seeds, but now what? How do you continue to grow where you're planted? I have a few upcoming episodes with some amazing guests before we launch the next series. So I hope you'll continue to listen. And if you liked our episodes, please go on the platform where you listen and rate the podcast. And if you know someone who might want to hear it, please share it with a friend. Thank you so much for continuing to listen. And we'll talk to you next week.